think on these things. Here we go. If you have your Bible this morning, I'm asking you to turn to two scriptures with me. First of all, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And this morning, I am going to read from the English Standard Version. It's very close to the King James Version. You have a different version to the world, a new King James, or AIV, or another version. We'll get to the same place again as we see it. Because if God's word comes forth, He's not going to let it come forth. Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 6, the Bible says this in the English Standard Version. It says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death. Can I tell you something this morning? The devil wants your mind. The enemy wants your mind. Why? Because he knows if he can get your mind, he can get your word. And if he can get your word, he can get your actions. And if you can get your actions, you can establish some habits in you. And if you can get your habits, that will turn into your what? Character. Come on. And your character will eventually mean your what? Your destiny. The enemy wants your mind. Don't want to say that. To set the mind on the spirit is love and peace. The enemy wants your mind. God wants it as well. Let's continue on. Turn back to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 22. You'll exercise this morning. Proverbs chapter 22. And I'm going to look at just one verse of scripture here. Proverbs 22, verse number 17. Says this. Incline your ears and hear the words of the one, and apply your heart to my knowledge. God says, apply your heart to my knowledge and incline your ears to the words of the wise. You know what this scripture tells me? It tells me that we have something to do, that we have to be uh, on the offense when it comes to what we're doing with our suffering. And what we're listening to. We can't just sit back and let anything come into our ear gate. We can't just sit back and let anything go through our eye gate. Come on, somebody. Because if those things go in there, guess what? Eventually, it's going to come out. And so, yes, the enemy wants your mind, but God wants your mind as well. And He's telling you to incline your ears to my knowledge. Hear my words. All right, let's continue on. Two more scriptures. Colossians. Go back to the New Testament. The book of Colossians is one of Paul's epistles. The church there at Colossians, and I'm looking at chapter 3. Looking at verses 1 to 3. And it says this If then you have been raised with Christ, how many have been raised with Christ in here this morning? Come on. If you have been raised with Christ, then here we go again. Christian item. Act an item. See the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above. Set your what? Set your mind on the things above. Now, he's just, he's 
instead of just say, think about things, or let a thought come through your mind. You can set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is sitting with Christ. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Paul is saying here to purposefully set your mind. And we're going to move with this. Purposefully set your mind. Your mind is what you in a boat out on the lake. If you just say the truth of the truth. Don't have an oil. Don't have a motor. You don't have a sail. You're thinking, well, you know, I'm just going to say it. It's something I'm doing to you. But I tell you what, if you're not proactive about where you're going, you'll let the water take you anywhere it wants to go. So if you don't, if you're not proactive about setting your money, your mind will go anywhere that it wants to go and that the enemy wants it to go. Come on. Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse 26. what Paul says here. Since you put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and be corrupted through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your work, moment, and to put on the new self that's created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Created in the righteousness of God. Watch this for you, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'll prolong this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. This is what Paul says here. He says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not raising war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, in the state of war, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments. And even lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And so the rest of them, hey, can we go auction item, auction item, hey, you take every, how many thoughts? Every thought, something to obey Christ under the obedience of Christ. Being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Paul says, action items, you take every substance. Don't sit there and say, well, my mind just goes anywhere it wants to go. You know, I can't help what I think about. You can't help the thoughts that come into your mind, but you can help what you grow on. It's up to you. And remember, watch your thoughts, because they become your destiny. You connect, you've been connecting that for each one. Watch your thoughts, because they can turn into your destiny. Come on. Watch your thoughts. And so we're talking about Philippians 4. It says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely. Lovely. We want to talk there this morning. On lovely. Whatever things are lovely. Here's what lovely means. Here's my definition of love. It means delightful for you. Kindness of grace or grace. Attraction. It makes it in love. But now what? A moral or ideal grace. Moral or ideal grace. 
do something that's beautiful, but it's beautiful with moral work. It's really an expression of delight. It comes from a Greek word, socio, and it simply means feeding or bread. Amiable, pure, beloved, friendly, means spiritual. So when we're talking about things that are lovely, we're talking about things that bring you joy. Paul says to think on things that bring you joy. Things that are pleasant, things that are pleasing to your soul. Something that would make you smile. When I want to think about something that's lovely, I just, I can always think about my wife. Now, you don't think about my wife, you think about yours. Or something that's lovely to you. Psalm 84 1 says, How lovely are your dwelling places, your Lord of How lovely are your dwelling places. Several years ago, I read a story about a 92 year old Christian woman who was actually legally blind. But in spite of her limitations, she was always neatly dressed. Her hair was carefully brushed. I know what that's like, you know, it's like her makeup was peacefully applied. And each morning she would meet the day with new eagerness. After her husband's 70 years passed away, it became necessary for her to go to a nursing home where she could receive proper kids as a 92 year old woman. On the day of the move, a helpful neighbor drove her there, invited her into the lobby. Her room wasn't ready yet, so she waited patiently for several hours. Can you imagine being 92 and waiting for several hours? Haven't you done enough waiting over 92 years? So maybe she's used to it. When an attendant finally came for her, she smiled deeply as she maneuvered her walk into the elevator. The staff member described the room to her, including her new coat, she hadn't gotten to the room yet. She described the windows that were in there, and the woman said, I love it. But Mrs. Jones, you haven't seen the window in the city of the She said, that doesn't have anything to do with it. Happiness is something that you choose. Whether I like my room or not depends on how it doesn't depend on how it's arranged. It's how it's arranged in my mind. What I'm thinking about. What this story tells me is that we cannot allow our circumstances come on to affect how we feel we cannot allow our circumstances to affect how we feel and how we see our circumstances. Don't let life dictate to you. Don't let your circumstances dictate to you. You dictate to this person. How can we know what's lovely in life? I tell you this one. We have a way of knowing if our thought life is on track or not. We really do. It's up to us to identify those things that are not lovely and to expel them out of our life. We cannot avoid hearing bad things or bad thoughts coming into our minds. We do, however, have the power to control ourselves. It's up to you and us. And we need to identify in our life what's not lovely. Again, we're talking uh, about people uh, who are interested in not being lazy in life. Come on. 
you can be a lazy Christian and you can still get into heaven and you can live a terrible life. Come on. Or you can live a strong party. That's not God's will for you. It's not what I need. You can say, I'm from, you know, I'm not going to do anything to reach you because it's not fun that you might not like the work. More abundantly. And I do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask for. Because I would that you prosper even as your prayer comes. For I made you the Lord and not the poor. I made you above and never again beneath. You shall be blessed in the city. Blessed in the field. Blessed when you come and blessed when you go. When I hear these words from the Lord, it tells me that there's something more than an average life. There's something more than me sitting on the couch and letting life dictate itself to me. There's a higher purpose of something greater and it doesn't have to do with my circumstances. Despite what life throws at me, despite my circumstances, there's something greater that God has for me. Love is defined as attractive or beautiful, especially in a graceful way. I mean, inward beauty can be lovely. Inward beauty certainly can be lovely. Inward beauty derives from the Holy Spirit is always lovely. Come on. So if our thoughts are not aligned with those things, guess what? We know it. We know it. How do we know it? It manifests in your thought life. Your, your, your body does everything that your brain says. It does everything. How does it manifest? Well, if you're not thinking on those things that are lovely, it can manifest in several ways. You can feel bad physically. You know, you can feel bad physically simply because of your thought life. There's times when you just think and it just gets you down and you start, you can actually start hurting because of your thought Come on. You can feel angry or irritated for no reason. You ever see people like that? You know, but what you thinking about? What's going on in your mind? You need to think about something that's lovely. So you just mean and evil again for no reason. Go back to bed and get up on the other side. Come on. You can feel depressed. I mean, you know what? I, I can do it right now. I can sit here and start thinking about some things and just get depressed. And you can too. Change direction often. What does that mean? Uh, you know, nothing is important because you don't stand for anything. You know, you're thinking about you're not thinking about things that are lovely. You're thinking about the opposite. You just do anything. You agree with negative conversation. Some of you with negative conversation all the time just because people are saying it. They start talking about politics and you know what the economy and. Whatever it might be, it could be a number of things. That's what the easiest thing to say. You know, don't, just, don't agree with negative conversation all the time. I'm saying negativity out there. I'm not saying this. And I'm not saying say something that's not, but I'm saying just don't fall into that place. Just agree with negative conversation. I want to be a positive person. Dr. Michael Jacobson cited a study, a study in which patients were asked to recall various types of emotional experiences. In their life. While doctors monitored how it actually affected their body, their physical body, each patient was asked to relive the experience in their mind for five minutes, whatever that experience might be. Think about an experience that wasn't so pleasant and just relive it in your mind. Close your eyes and relive it. That's what the doctors were asking them to do. And when the patients thought for five minutes about experiences that made them reflect, they found that it affected the patient's immune system and their 
market bodies drop actually 55 percent. Six dollars later, their immune system is still different. However, when the patient thought for five minutes about situations that made them happy, when they thought on things that were loving, their antibody levels rose 40 percent or were still elevated six dollars later. This is medical evidence that the thought we think affects our body, either positively or negatively. Now listen, I'm not okay just to give you a bunch of statistics, but we're all about the word of God. All we're telling you is that college is catching up with what God Paul told us 2,000 years ago. He says he says, think on things that are lovely, think on these things. And now we're catching up to it. We're seeing the effects of it. Come on. You go from not thinking on things that are lovely, not only will it affect you and your body, they can affect those things around you. And you tell you one of the things that happens is people don't want to be around you. You're a person that doesn't think on a lot of these things that comes up. It comes out your mouth, it comes out of your attitude, it shows in your face that people don't want to be around you. Guess what, brother? You're the same way. You don't want to be around people when you think you're not thinking on things that are lovely. I don't want to be by myself. The more susceptible to failure. And this is an interesting one. The exceptional will lead you. What do I mean by that? Here's what I came up with that. Because when I was when I was doing this work study on lovely, did you know that one of the antonyms for lovely is actually ordinary? An antonym for lovely is ordinary. And so if you're not thinking on those things that are lovely, you're just very ordinary. And God doesn't want you to be ordinary. He wants you to be a successful. And so we have to expose and expel the negative thoughts by intentionally replacing them with thoughts that focus on things that are lovely, on positive things and things of God. The world famous Mayor King, you've heard of the Mayor King, he encourages his patients to practice positive Research indicates, according to the Mayo Clinic, that the results of positive thinking include several things. First of all, decrease negative stress. <coughs> greater resistance, greater resistance to the harm of others. A sense of well-being that improves suffering. Reduce risk of coronary artery disease. Easier breathing if you have certain lung diseases, such as institutions. Improved coping abilities for women with high-risk pregnancies and better coping abilities during hardship. That's a big one. Come on, which of us has never gone through a hardship? Maybe some of you have. Maybe you've lived just a grand life and it's been a bowl of children. Maybe your life has been both teachers and students. Most of us Sunday teachers, Sunday students. And maybe you lived a life of teachers and students your whole life. I don't know. But for the rest of us, we've had to cope with hardship. And guess what? Thinking on lovely things helps us get through those things. Listen, God doesn't always, He doesn't try to take me around and take this thing from me, take me over, take me under. God doesn't always do that. There's many times God takes us right through. Then He says, Blessed is the one that endures temptation. Come on, that endures it. So where do we start? What thoughts will help us? Where do we start with thinking on things that are lovely? We have four 
things that I think that you can do. Number one, I'm going to keep some simple things that are lovely about God. Direct your attention to Him, first and foremost. Come on. Romans 5 5 says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God is poured ahead. Stay out ahead by the Holy Spirit which is given to us. Think about that. Another version of that same scripture says, For we know how dearly God loves us, and we feel, listen, we feel this warm love everywhere within us because God has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. I mean, if that's not something lovely to think about, I don't know what is. But you know what? It takes an effort to do. It takes an effort to do this thing. Because the circumstances are in your face. And you've got to speak differently. You have to purposely train your mind to think about the things that God. Think about how great and vast and wide and deep and high the love of God is. How you don't deserve His love yet. He forgave you and provided a way for you yet you to live an abundant, fulfilled, successful life. The Bible says God, He gave us all things to enjoy. All things pertaining to life and godliness. We have no excuse. So we need to think about it. Those things that are lovely about you. And then number two, think on things that are lovely about yourself. Yes, you are you are. There are some things that are lovely about you. I know what other people may have said about you. I know what you may say about yourself sometimes. But there are things that are lovely about you. Things that are nice to you. I know you might say, oh, you know, don't, don't think of yourself more highly than you are. I know it. Delivered. That moment that you 
and listen, you got a long walk. Don't let the circumstances dictate to you. I like to have fun. When I was growing up, when I was a teenager, and I hung out with my friends, it didn't matter what we did. There were certain things I didn't like and certain things I liked to do. So if they wanted to go bowling, we went bowling. And I asked the school and told them had a great time. You know, if they wanted to do it, they wanted to watch the movie, we did that. I mean, I could, whatever they wanted to do, as long as it was legal and wasn't simple, because I was already in church by that time. Uh, if, I was with them and we were doing something and they were having fun and it wasn't something I wanted to do, I just made it fun. And I think that that's what God wants us to do. Come on. Don't have a childhood space all the time. Ephesians 2 says, For we are His workmanship. We're created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You're His workmanship. You want to be an example to others. If you're walking around with your face downside all the time because of the thought, how you an example of Christ? How you going to win anybody to Christ? Your purpose to win others to Christ. So you have to be on top. You have to be successful. It doesn't matter. Because I'm not telling you you have to have a million dollars, but you, listen, you have to be thankful like you do. Come on, God will bless you. God does. The money, money is nothing. People worry too much about money and food. That's nothing to God. God owns the cattle on thousand hills. He has provisions. All that is nothing to God. It's nothing to God. God wants to help. He owns the presence. There is fullness of good. And at His right hand, there are pleasures evermore. What does want you to be blessed? And He says that you like things and all of that. He just wants you to make things better. He says, make me first. That's why I say, think about things that are lovely about God. Now, what happens when you think of things that are lovely? Well, just the opposite when you don't think of things that are lovely. People want to be around you. People want to see you. They want to be able to talk to you. They want to be around you. And guess what? Now, all of a sudden, you love being around people, too. You're less, you're less susceptible to ailments. Come on. And guess what? The business is exceptional to find you. You don't have to go looking for it. You think on things that are lovely. You do things God's way. Exceptional things will find you. They will find you. I'm going to end today with this. Let us make a decision to think on things that are lovely. Think of another story of a college girl who was a fine scholar of a noble spirit. She volunteered to be a counselor at a great center. Now, despite her ability, she was required to peel potatoes in the kitchen. So in other words, he volunteered to be a counselor because he thought, I'm going to be accepting kids and I'm going to uh, be able to lead them and guide them and I'm going to be able to teach and stand in front of them and play games and do all this stuff. And he got there and said, yes, your job is to kill the potatoes for the kids. You have mistress of the camp realizing that this is quite a menial task to such a talented, highly intellectual girl. I mean, she's a college student. This friend is so bad that a young woman of your education can't appeal to Jesus. The girl who was a splendid Christian looked up brightly and replied to Miss Baldwin, remember, I don't have to think about the potatoes when I'm peeling The application of this story to me is obvious. You can keep your soul out of the dust no matter what you're saying. If you center your thoughts on the things mentioned, 
Let the Holy Spirit discipline your mind by dismissing the sticking and taking the in the Lord a little more. Come on. Take pleasure in beauty and virtue. Pull away the cobwebs of God's frustration and anger and let your mind go on Christ and peace. 